This is no ordinary pod. Cha. No ordinary pod. Brushing off the cobwebs. This is no ordinary pod. Ba-da! No ordinary pod. Yes, this is not a drill. We are back. Better than ever? We'll see. We'll let you guys be the deciders if we're better than ever. But the guy who welcomed you is Noah Hemer with that beautiful singing voice. I am Michael Duggar. We are the Nornary Pod team. And after, we believe, a six-week hiatus from just recording and doing stuff, we are back. And we'll explain all that. But before that, Noah, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Lord Duggar of House Yoga? I'm I'm all right, man. <laughs> you asked me that before, and I said I'm here and I'm breathing, which that counts as a that counts as a win in my book. Not I didn't mean to get too serious, but like yeah, it counts as a win in my book. But yeah, um. So before we get Noah has we don't have a, the thing is we don't have a script, so Noah has some college football he wants to get off his chest. I I'll have some college football takes too. Maybe maybe not takes, but we'll talk. Um, but before that, it's only right that we explain what happened. And, um, no, do you want to go first or you just want me to just ramble on about all this? Or do you want to share just, your thoughts first? No, just roll with it. All right. So let me, I'll break it down. But to break it down, we're about to get serious. I'm about to get personal. So to break it down, we have to go back to the beginning and I'll explain my start and why I started sports writing. So I, Pursued sports writing when I was living in Winnipeg, Canada. I was living with someone, dating someone, and just decided, you know what? I love sports. I want to make it. I want to be in the sports world. How do I get my foot into that? You know, I worked football equipment in college. Didn't want to do that. Writing is where I can analyze. I can write. Like, I enjoy writing. I used to write poetry and stuff, write stories and stuff when I was in high school and as a younger kid. So how do I use my writing and my sports knowledge to combine? Easy. Newsletter. Football newsletter. Did it. Did it pretty well, I feel like. Um, good information. I dedicated hours to it. My significant other at the time was cool with it. You know, supported me. Very much appreciated everything, like me working hard and aiming towards a goal. And it was for, for the first time I was motivated by something. So we did that. Then I started writing for a website and a fan cited the Sacramento Kings some affiliate, Aurora Pain. Took that very seriously. Very, very seriously, even though no one else really did. Like, I wrote more than my editors. That quickly led to a promotion to Hoops Habit, which I started getting paid for. Sitting right on my desk next to me is a Christmas gift of the first check I ever got paid for, December 5th, 2017, for a total of 150 bucks. So I was making not money to live off of, but I was making okay money as a side hustle along with my job. So I kept going and going, just kept staying with Hoops Habit, Hoops Habit. And I ended up getting my own national column with them. You know, there was a time where I made, I think I made like almost two grand my first year writing with them. Then as it kept going on, I just kept getting more and more just me writing about basketball and covering the Lakers and the NBA. All that was going on. I'm like, you know what? It's a po- I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's something that is needed in this field to become multidimensional and pretty much be a jack of all trades. You know, video writing recording those are what you need to have all of those things if you want to be a successful person in this field so sorry i got the mic 
and then instantly, you know, no, I went to school with Noah's. I've known Noah's family forever. I've known his oldest brother Tommy. Shout out Tommy if you're listening. Went to he was my best friend in college. Chilling, we're you know we did some things. We're not gonna name on the, we're not gonna name on the mic, and we were just yeah we was just just the homie, the main homie. And then Nino, shout out Neens, I know you're listening. He came in right there. We had a little three amigo, the third little amigo, the homies. So we were doing that. And then they always said, you and Noah would hit it off, all that stuff, you know, the sports knowledge. Just, just, you guys' personalities just mesh so well. And then I just hit him, Noah. I'm like, yo, Noah, do you want to do this to me? He's like, yeah, let's do it. We did it. So while I'm writing, we're recording. And it's kind of crazy to look back. Like, there's probably 100 episodes, which kind of, if you do the math, there's over like 200 to 300 hours of content that Noah and I have produced, strictly recorded, not even just talking off like off air, just like strictly recording. We took it very seriously, week in, week out, getting proper, getting prepared, going over scripts beforehand, talking about it, all those things while I'm maintaining my writing. So I'm feeling good, I know, get little things going, and then it just stagnated from my writing perspective. Just, I'm just like, I'm not getting any. I'm not getting, taking the next step. I'm not doing all this, you know. I moved back to Tampa after uh, the relationship just fell apart. Just moved back to Tampa. So I'm doing all that. Still maintaining writing. Still maintaining that I'm recording. All of these things, not really making money because, you know, the views have to, they fluctuate and stuff. But I'm still even saying, you know what? Like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to push, I'm going to pursue it as best, as hard, as best as I can with everything I have. And kept doing that, went to this year, and I would say, I think that's like, beginning of the NFL season, I got, you know, applied, national NFL writer, you know, Evan Silva, the guy that we talk about very intently in terms of a, a, fo- a football brain we respect, you know, retweets me, and I'm just like, oh, that's so cool, and then I'm just like, I look at how that affects the views, and it's 2,000 views, which means I get $2, it doesn't do anything, so all of this happening and, you know, I was just, my brother got married in, the, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in the mountains. And I was sitting there the day after the wedding, the morning after the wedding, had a great time. Lovely wedding. Shout out to you, Susie and Matthew. And I'm sitting there, maybe you've maybe had a little morning wake up, you know what I mean? For those who know, you know. For those who don't, then you don't. And I'm sitting there and I'm meditating in the mountains. And... I was going to do yoga. My body literally is like, you're not going to do yoga. You're going to face it and you're going to sit and think right now. And in that, I said to myself, you know, he got married on a Sunday and I was upset at first. I'm like, oh, I'm missing this football. I'm like, would I really want to miss my brother's wedding and be thinking about football and checking fantasy scores and all these things? And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be free. And that's what it came down to. As of right now, I'm not pursuing a writing career. I'm not pursuing anything. I haven't written, typed anything out since I, I can't even tell you in probably two months. And I feel great about it because in this business, it's about being, it's about being loud. It's about being controversial. It's not about being right. It's not about doing things the right way. And yes, there are people who climb their way through because they're doing things the right way. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend 22 weeks at least a year with on Sundays and on those Sundays I have to sit in front of a TV and watch football watch all this football and then guess what I have to be up till 5 in the morning doing it and if people want to call me lazy and say oh you're just giving up that's cool I don't care that's fine the way I see it is I'm valuing things such as freedom 
of time freedom, happiness, health, and just an overall being a f- better person who isn't just one-tracked and so divided and, and just people just want to talk to you about sports. I don't want to do that. And since this decision was made, I called Noah. I mean, we texted a little bit because I, I showed up to him like, dude, I'm just, I'm just getting away from everything. I don't want to, I'm just not talking to anyone for a, for a couple of weeks. And he respected it. He understood. And then we called, talked about a couple weeks ago. And we talked for like two hours and hashed all this out. And I'm like, dude, are you feeling better? And then I'll let you get to that in a second. Like, I, And it was just the greens where it's like, you know, we're doing this pod. And we're, I don't know the views we're getting because I know a lot of people have Apple. But the Spotify numbers weren't like, they weren't great. Our SoundCloud did number. But it's not, it's not about the numbers. It's the fact that we're building something. We got t-shirts made. I have stickers right next to me. My water bottle has a sticker on it. My laptop has a sticker on it. I'm still very proud of No Ordinary Pod. It's just taking a different turn. And that turn is not hell-bent on being the typical, oh, let's review what happened in the NFL on Sunday. And then the next one is, oh, let's preview all these games. Fuck that. I don't want to do that. In fact, I don't even know the playoff standings. Football. I realize it's just, it's just so much. And this goes to fantasy, too. I'm not doing fantasy football anymore. I'm done with it. It adds stress. It adds all this stuff. And it just does so much. I'm just so much happier. Just I just don't care. And it's tough for people. And I know it's tough for people to say that because I know forever I've been, this, I've been the football guy, the fantasy football guy, especially where, you know, I need your help with this. Like, what do you think of this? I have eight teams. I helped draft, including my own, eight teams this year. It doesn't seem like a lot. A lot of my teams have crossover players. It's so stupid that I get upset. It, I realize I'm like, you actually... Because if you're playing fantasy football and you're and it's in a money league, and it, even if with your friends or that or anything like that, it's tough not to look at it and be like, "Oh, I lost this week. I don't want that. I don't even want to watch. I'm the NFL game. I want to. I. I don't even care. I don't want to watch Red Zone. I just want to sit and if there's a good game on. I want to watch it. Do I, do I want to watch the Suckaneers? I'll watch the Suckaneers. Like I just want to watch all of these things. Um, NBA. Everyone knows me. Basketball is my one of my loves. Like one of my, I consider one of my five pillars personally. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. And a lot of it's not because I don't love it. It's because I need to get away from the social media and Twitter. I haven't tweeted anything. And I wasn't the biggest Twitter guy ever. I'm using Instagram a little more, but I'm not. I'm not tweeting anything, because if you go on Twitter and you just see people talking about football, people talking about basketball. It's all just negative energy that I don't want around me. It's all about being loud and not about right. It is. Who? Last year, I picked the fucking Toronto Raptors to win the NBA title before the season. Tweet proof, everything. Doesn't matter. I w- it's, I'm not the loudest person. Doesn't matter. Said it throughout the whole thing. Raptors and six over the Bucks. All of that didn't matter. This year, what was the one... Pr- the one prediction I had that I made over the summer that I even made on the mic this is the year of Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James sure enough they're fucking right there you and I each picked the Seahawks to make the conference finals and guess what deaf ears doesn't matter because we're not loud it's just not who we are and I'm sorry if I'm including you in this but it doesn't matter 
it really doesn't because at the end of the day, I don't want to be someone whose life is sitting in front of a screen all day. I want to be outside exploring. I want to be doing yoga. You call me Lord Yoga, a house yoga. I want to be doing fucking yoga. I want to be golfing with my dad. I want to be just doing stuff, hanging out with my cat. Go get a dog and explore outside. Be at the beach, mountains, all of those things. But I can't if I have to watch sports because sports is year-round. And for the thing that I wanted to be is that it's NFL and then NBA starts, and it's right there. And the one thing I care about in sports, and I've realized this over the past year, honestly, Liverpool and soccer. It's my most entertaining thing to watch. It's the thing I constantly check. It's what my social media feeds are made up of. That's all that's the sport I care about. So, um, to, to put a close on before you can speak, because I'm just, I'm rambling on, I don't know where to go with that. I have one closing thing in that, is that, um, is that we will be talking football, NFL, college. We will be talking some basketball, maybe. We'll be talking soccer. We'll be talking about whatever comes to mind. But this isn't going to be the standard two-week birth. If we want to hop on for two weeks, whatever. There's no structure. It's just us turning on the mic and talking we're probably going to get to a point where we're going to be sending each other two or three topics via email two days before and then we're going to come on and talk about those five to six, four to six topics so that's where we're at and you know just just to get a little as personal as it gets i this this was this was a big reason and why my relationship in canada which was a very long-term one, wasn't the main reason it ended because there's problems and everything. This is a this was a factor. Because how can some you be with someone who doesn't who's not making a lot of money and is doing their dream? I know it's gonna, I'm not making the person to be like a bad person. I look back and I'm like, yeah, you're fucking lazy pursuing a dream that's not going to be done for 10, 15, 20 years, and even then, who knows what's going to happen? So I gave I sacrificed that for this. So before people come out and say, you know what, lazy, like you're giving up on your dreams, no, I'm not. I'm making a decision to better myself, and I sacrificed one of the only, the one of the few things I generally care about, because I don't give it, I'm pretty much an emotionless, I'm emotional, but I'm not emotional, and I'm put, I don't put up an emotional front. I gave up that. I gave up that. Something that I cared about more than anything for this. So for me... To take this six-week hiatus was mostly on mostly my decision, because I need to make sure you know what I need to look in the mirror and say you are you are making a decision for yourself to better yourself, and that's how to look at it. So that's pretty much it. All I have to say I, probably, I think I ran off for like 15 minutes. So Noah, the floor is yours. Talk about this situation, what you want to do looking forward, your thoughts, how you've been since it's happened, all that. Respond to me, whatever. Well, the first thing I got to say is it was really interesting because me and Michael had this conversation. You know, I was driving home to Jacksonville um, one Friday night uh, to go watch my little sisters uh, cheer at their high school football game. We were chatting on the way over and we chatted about all this and the life and the wedding and things of how the pod wants to be and this and that. And then the first topic we talked about right after was sports. I so know. I know <laughs> it, it, it was very ironic um, in the sense that we we're like, yeah, you know, F the, uh, the Twitter and the being right. And we talked about the whole being loud more so than being right. And that's why, and no shit, not like not hating on Stephen A. Smith or any of those people that are like in the big name media, but you know, people say like, why does Stephen A. Like people that have never watched sports shows watch, if they watch 
first take for the first time, they go, why is this guy yelling? Mm-hmm. And it's because, yeah, being loud and being, you know, more entertaining and banging the table and things of that nature is more important than attempting to be right. And then anytime Stephen A. Smith, who is a very busy guy for ESPN, makes one minuscule mistake on the air, if you go to Twitter, people are just ridiculing him and blasting him and killing him for it. And it's like, it doesn't matter even if you do think he's right, but as soon as he's wrong, you guys are going to kill him for it. And, you know, me, we're young. I'm 21. Michael, you're what, 25, 26? I turned 20, I turned 27 in February. 27, 26, almost 27. Young guys that love sports. I've coached gymnastics and I have fun teaching lifeguarding classes and, and, and things of the, and health and safety classes because I like educating people. And Michael has taught basketball teams, has coached basketball teams, has um, coached as a uh, golf instructor and things like that for the youth. And that, that's something that both of us have really enjoyed doing and it's making a bigger impact on what we want to do with our sports knowledge. And yeah, we could try to educate the people and educate the masses, but like, again, it's more about being loud than it is being right. But if there's one area, if there's one group or one youth is where you can mold people and where you can really make an impact. And one of the people that's impacted me more so than anyone that's ever impacted me in my life would be my head coach when I was growing up from fourth grade through freshman year of high school, freshman year of high school playing football. Um, coach Spencer, you know, I was always heard from so many people cause I've always been short. Oh, he's too short. He can't play quarterback. Oh, he's too small. He can't play inside linebacker. Always oh, this and that always oh, this and that, you know, but they, you know, I remember my freshman year when I was out during summer and the quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator for the varsity team was watching me throw and he came up to me or he went up to my coach Spencer and goes, hey, who, who's this? And he goes, that's Noah. He goes, what year is he? He goes, that's a freshman. He goes, he's throwing the ball really well for a freshman. And coach Spencer was one that always believed in me. And even when things didn't go my way, um, how I would have, how I envisioned it and how I wanted it to go my junior and senior year he was always there supporting me and always believed in me and put so much time and effort and energy just to make me a better person and a better football player and I've learned so much from him and then my other coach coach Cade always believed in me and always confided in me to help me be the best player I could be on the defensive side of the ball and never doubted at least I never felt like he doubted me and I always felt like he always had my back, even if I did make a mistake. And I want to be able to have that impact on people and maybe on kids. And that's why regardless of what profession I go into, one thing I always want to have a part of my life. And I think it's much more meaningful than sitting down on my ass, watching football all Saturday, all Sunday, all Monday night, all Tuesday night, you know, would be to be outside and to be with kids that are trying to live their dreams of being the best player they can be. But there's so much more to learn from not only just football, but sports in general than just the game. You know, there's so much, you know, people talk about like the mental toughness and fighting through adversity. And I think a lot of those are cliches, but I think you learn a lot of how to deal with losing. And that's been the, one of the things that I think our society and our culture has lost is 
being able to face defeat and learning how to move forward. Because I remember when me and my brothers used to swim competitively when I was in middle school-ish, they used to hand out, I've gotten 16th, 17th place ribbons for swimming. Because I swam at the state meet. Mm-hmm. I don't want those. I don't want to know that 15 people beat me in the 100 freestyle. I'm not even top 20. Okay, yeah, there might have been, what, 150, 200 kids swimming? Cool. But if you're top five, cool, that's awesome. You're top five in the state. But 18th in the state, no one cares. No one cares. Mm -hmm. And it's just like we gave all these participation trophies and we made people like, oh, your best effort was good enough. But sometimes your best effort isn't good enough to win. But that doesn't mean you can't learn how to feel the sadness of not winning and still doing your best. But it doesn't mean you have to be given like, oh, here's a participation trophy so your feelings aren't hurt. Like Michael told me the story when his youth team, Coach Albergo, threw away, threw away all of their second place trophies. And he goes, we play for championships. We'll play for second place. And that's something that kids need to learn how to fight through or people need to learn how to fight through in life. Is that when things don't go your way or you get a bad test score or something, it's not like being like, oh, you know, this and that. Yeah, it's always looking at the brighter side, but it's, you learn so much more from losing than you do from winning. Mm-hmm. And you can re- have so much more reflection and so much more to take out of what you are and what you can be and what you did wrong and how you can be better when you are when you do lose. But as soon as you tell people, oh, it's okay, you did fine, they lose that reflection and they lose that how that whole what we've done this past six weeks and look in the mirror and be like, how can I be better? And what can I do to be better? And what did I not do right here that I can do better here to make the outcome better here? Because all we're in charge of is the process. Mm-hmm. And that's why people say, and that's why the 76ers, for example, said, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. Because the process is 98% of what you're doing. The end goal is the last 2%. So if you can't learn to love the process, if you can't learn to really enjoy the grind of whatever you're doing, either A, you need to be doing something different, or B, you need to learn how to be better at enjoying the grind and enjoying bettering yourself. But people, including myself, I'm not excluding myself at all, get prideful and don't want to accept that they need help. Like, for example, I know a bunch of people that or I've been in classes before where you're like, yeah, you can get extra credit if you go to the writing center on campus, that's free and have them just look over your paper and stamp it. And you can get five to 10 extra credit points on your paper. The amount of people that say, oh yeah, I'll think about going and including myself, don't go because you can't sacrifice your ego to go do that. Even though it's going to better yourself with the extra credit points and with someone reviewing your paper, that's paid to do that because we can't sacrifice our pride and say, I'm not good enough. I need help to be better because I want to be better. Instead, people lie to themselves and go, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing this. And people say, oh, your best is all that you can give. And your best is like all that matters. And yes, giving your best effort is when I'm, when I used to coach gymnastics, I go, I don't care how ugly it looks. When I teach CPR class, I go, I don't care if you don't know, I just need your best effort. And I can, I can fix and I can mold technique. I can't give you effort to put and yeah, it's all about giving best effort, but it's about giving best effort and then being okay with messing up. And it's something I have written on my whiteboard right in front of me right now. No fear of failure. 
and that's something that one of my one of, he may have gone five and seven, but one of my always comes back to Nebraska football. Scott Frost came to Nebraska and said, "There's no fear of failure," and it's something that stuck with me personally because instead of fearing that I'm going to fail this test, instead of fearing that I'm not going to be able to accomplish what I want to do, put in the work, trust the process, and if you fail, okay, at least you did what you could do to get there. Now look back on it and see what you can do. And I think that's where we've kind of gone along with the pod is it started with me and Michael because Michael and I started texting when I was in my sophomore year of high school. I want to say freshman, sophomore year of high school. And one of the first things I remember him talking to me about, he goes, bro, when you need to get a college schedule, hit me up. I know how to set up a college schedule. <laughs> but ever since then, we were always going back. <laughs> Your brothers are taking... I remember, st- I remember the other text was that uh, you asked me a th- uh, player to watch out for. Um, we went to the Rose Bowl and lost. You said, give me a player to watch in FSU. And I said, who? Do you remember? I, I want to say Devontae Freeman. Mm, this was, he wasn't there. This is after he left. But close. Devontae, same position, same high school, everything. I said, I don't know. Dalvin Cook. Mm. True freshman Dalvin Cook. I said, watch. Just I said, that kid's special. And then I also said Mario Pender. And Mario Pender scored a touchdown in that game against Oklahoma State. But then he off-field issues. But, yeah. Back to your um, – I was a fine student. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a degree, baby. Says the same thing as everyone else. Um, but, you know, me and Michael have been pen pals is how I look at it for mm-hmm. – six seven years now long time yeah yeah and it's and it's we've only met once only hung out one weekend ever um which is kind of funny to to kind of say out loud mm-hmm. um but we have a common love in Shade, have a common love in sports but not in sports of look at these stats and look at these numbers because that's not sports no st- sports are not just numbers yeah. It's a way for us to see tangible things like, oh, wow, this team's really moving the ball. Or, look, this team really is controlling the ball, whether it's in basketball or whatnot. Or, wow, this team's fouling a lot. Or, this team's committing a lot of turnovers. Or, this team has a lot of fouls or penalties. But that doesn't tell the the game of sports. It doesn't and, – and it can be even cross-referenced to, like, one of my favorite games to play is Catan. If you know me, you know that I love Catan. And – there are times where I'm sitting at Catan and my numbers are not hitting. I'm not getting any cards. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I know. And someone else might be on a hot streak. I go, I need to try to slow down their hot streak while I can, because I, but I know mine's coming. So I just sit there patiently waiting for the tides to turn. And then eventually, just due to probability, my numbers start hitting. And I go, sweet, we are on a roll. And it's about taking, and that's not, anything other than and this is what mr watson my shout out mr watson hillcrest high school history teacher taught me the three punic wars um he said there's no such thing as luck it's when preparation and opportunity meet mm-hmm. is when good things happen and so i prepare myself and it's same in sports it's the same in Catan. it's the same in life it's about your preparation and what you do beforehand and what you do with that opportunity when it comes and there have been times where i've had the opportunity and i've realized that i've had the opportunity and i've fallen flat on my face but now we're at the point especially with 
No Ordinary Pod. We're not looking. We've never been about trying to be, you know, I mean, like we suck at the marketing. We never <laughs> wanted to market. Neither one of us wanted to do it. You know, we didn't even, like we, shout out Tegan, was the one that helped us get a logo and helped us, you know, get all that squared away and figured out what we wanted. And I remember when we were coming up with the logo, we were talking with White Mamba Kobe. Um, and he <laughs> said, you know, we first came up with something and they were like, we were thinking about like having sport balls or things in our logo, you know, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And me and Michael were like, I don't like that because that's not what No Ordinary Pot is. You know, we, we are big lovers of Sade, yet have never had a Sade podcast. Mm-mm. You know, and if Sade ever goes on tour, I'm going to be spending whatever amount of money just possible too. Yeah, to go and see Sade live. Because that's something I you, love, something we love, and something we would love to talk about on No Ordinary Pod. I would love to sit down with Sade and tell her <laughs> thank you for inspiring our podcast. You'll see two... You'll see two uh pasty colored white men in the front row crying their eyes out at a Sade concert this is no or <laughs> you know just jamming out I'll and be so why is this on shuffle sorry didn't mean to cut you off this this no you're good so this whole thing has kind of come full circle in that we are no ordinary pod people are like oh yeah what's your show like I don't know we're just no ordinary pod because we don't care we just want to do what we want to do but not what we think we the role society should we should fit in society or try to be in in an overpopulated football analysis like after we stopped recording for that couple weeks i would be on twitter you know monday tuesday morning and i would just see eight to 15 podcasts like oh listen to my podcast listen to my podcast talking about the game last night talking about the game last night no one cares Mm-hmm. no one cares and like we were both right about Lamar Jackson we were both right about Mark Andrews we've been right about the Rams we've been right about we low-key killed this NFL season oh yeah I, I, <laughs> I on a limb picked this I, I on a limb was like I'm gonna pick the Titans to win the AFC South and I'm gonna take the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl we love Tennessee and, too. That's so funny. We love Tennessee. We love Buffalo. All of these, all of this shits happening. One thing we missed on were the 49ers and the Texans. That's it. And the Texans was entirely based off of will Deshaun Watson stay healthy enough behind that rubbish of an offensive mm-hmm. line? And it's gelled together nicely, and you know they're taking care of business. But. No one cares. You know, we predicted... Nino has told us... I listened to the NBA, NBA Finals were kind of boring this year. I go, why? He goes, because I listened to y'all's pod preview and it was exactly what you guys talked about. <laughs> but what does that matter? And, you know, we can... You know, NBA Finals might roll up again and once playoffs start, yeah, maybe we'll dive in and be like, hey, NBA Finals preview because it's fun to talk about. But it doesn't matter if we're right or wrong. We just want to have fun. And that's what the pod's always been about. You know, we were on SoundCloud getting six views, you know, cool. There've been times where we've gotten a hundred, 150 or so cool, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. It, it, and that's really what I've come, what it's come down to. And instead of, you know, pushing being like, Oh, we need to have a Tuesday morning pod and we need to have a Thursday pod. And we need to, you know, be thinking about prop bets and things like that. It's like, it's taking the fun out of it. 
And that's another reason, like, I was so mad. Not mad. I was so frustrated Monday night because I am got seventh place in two of my fantasy leagues mm. by a point and a half. Mm. So it's like, wow, here we are again. Me upset about fantasy. Something that has I have no control over. And it's taken, like, I have stopped loving I've never I've always loved college football and my college football love has been rekindled. My I've been so like uh my Huskers, my Huskers are awful. But I don't I watched the game with my dad. I watched the Wisconsin Nebraska game a couple weeks that same weekend I, the day after I talked to Michael that night um on the way home to Jacksonville. And I was watching that with my dad and I go, this is why I love Husker football. Because me and my dad, we scored the first, Huskers scored the first touchdown of the game. Me and my dad are in my, in my living room jumping up and down. And I'm just thinking about it. I go, this is what I live for, to bond with my dad over Husker football. That's why I love Husker football mm-hmm. is because it was something me and my dad do. Yeah. And there's so much more meaning than just being right in sports. And you know what? We may have good sports takes and we may have some bad sports takes. And it's okay when we do have both of those. And people, and like Michael said, if Nino wants to hear what we got to say about a, a, a about a NFL weekend or a college football weekend or whatever, just call us up. We can conference call, and we'll just all hash it out together. Mm-hmm. You know, and like my best friend Zach, me and him, we talk once, twice a week. A thing we talk about. Every time, for at least 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, we talk college football because he has learned to love, has had a love for college football. He goes to Utah, and Utah is a good team, and people are sleeping on Utah. Something else we talked about. Yes, I predicted Utah to win the Pac-12, and I was like, if there's one team in the Pac-12 that has a chance to win, to make the playoff, it's Utah. And me and him talk 20, 30 minutes now, every time we talk being like, this is what I think college football, this and that. And it's so much fun because that's more meaningful than just being a talking head that's right or wrong. Like Paul Feinbaum has made a great career out of himself, but he's an SEC bias. It's what he's paid to and, do. Yeah, and it's what he's, exactly, it's what he's paid to do. I don't want that. Ugh. I mean, one, th- one aspect of this is that I've been sending to you and my brother, just not even to refer it, but... There's been multiple fantasy football writers that just straight up have just said, I'm done. One of the best, Brad Evans, one of like the OGs of fantasy football for Yahoo Sports. Late, I don't know if he was laid off or what, left. Sports Illustrated laid off half their writing staff. This is a field that is very difficult and taxing, especially if you have families. And I'm not someone has any intention of having... I, my mom doesn't listen to this, but if she did, sorry, mom, I'm not getting married and I'm not having kids most at this point in my life. Don't even want to think about that. But seeing all these guys say, you know what? I'm tired of arguing with people on Twitter because that's part of your job is you have to do that. You have to be engaging on Twitter. You have to, what is it? He's like, I'm spending this time yelling through with getting upset about a phone or a laptop. Instead of fucking hanging out with my family. Spending all day Sundays. Oh, you know, man, the su- I can get back to the Sunday thing. It's Sunday, whatever. It's it's the day of football. God God gave you football on Sunday and Saturday. That's what you do with your weekends. Well, sorry. 
You know what that means? That means the golf course is empty. I'm going to go to the golf course. I'm going to do just like that. It's just, it's just so frustrating. And it's such a field that I've always been interested in. I've always read Sports Illustrated. I still read. But you mentioned the podcast thing. I don't listen to any podcast anymore, really, except a couple. But they're not sports-related. Because it, what does it get me? Because I'm looking for them to reaffirm what I what I think. And if I don't hear that affirmation, then I'm going to get upset about them. And then I'm not like someone on Twitter, like, oh, you didn't talk about the Lakers going there. You're quiet about the Lakers. Why the fuck do you care if they talk about it? Everything's oversaturated. It's all just to get things. All the NBA talks about is James Harden and how the Rockets and, and the James Harden is bullshit and how it's un, when it's stuff that. But you know what? The white guy from Europe, Luka Doncic, does it, and everyone blows their mind about it. Everyone's like, oh, Luka, oh, he's the greatest thing in the world. He's a, he's a top five player in the world. Like, shut the fuck up. He's doing this against he, – it's the same thing Harden does. He even – I guarantee you he even models his game after Harden. The step backs, the getting fouls, the – array of floaters in the paint arguing with the refs he literally is hardened except he's white and everyone gets so upset about it and that's just a little vent i just it's just like i just can't stand it and it's so negative it's all negative it's so taxing it's a toxic environment it really is and there's people that try to like you know they preach positivity then you read the comments which you know it's this is all just me being Sometimes bored, and I'm like, oh, let's see what people say underneath it. Because the reaction is more, the reaction that people get is more entertaining than the actual tweet itself. Like, pro Mike, what's what's pro football talk's name? Mike Florio, is that him? I want to say so, yeah. He tweeted yesterday. What is it? It wouldn't surprise me. He's like, this is coming off no information. Let me look it up. But it wouldn't surprise me. If who's if um I gotta look at this I want to see if he deleted it because it was at, oh my god this guy writes a lot and see he has all these things that are getting done in like multiple hours because it's all about clickbait it's all about ad, it's all about the aggregation of views and clicks and how long can do all this stuff and it's so fucking stupid no one it's why Sports Illustrated is so disappointing it's why I would like I read from a newspaper I would love. If newspaper had a rise, I would love, but I understand it's more, it's less environmental friendly. You know, trust me, save the trees, all that stuff. You're talking to me, like, love that, love all that stuff. Um, very quick side note: if you had to guess what my favorite thing about the NFL season is, what do you think it is? I texted you about it like a week ago, I think. It's not a team; it's a player. Hmm. And he has saved my fantasy season in multiple leagues. I don't know. I can't remember. Devontae Parker. Parker. Yeah. You're, and I tell people, everyone's like, where'd Devontae Parker come from? I go, Michael has been the biggest Devontae Parker fan. He says he's the best college football player he's ever seen with his own eyes. I, lo- oh my, I love him to death. I love the guy to death. F- and it's awesome that Devontae Parker and Teddy Bridgewater both got kind of their opportunity this year to shine mm-hmm. as they were both teammates at Louisville yes. back in the day. I love Devontae Parker. I'm going to get a Devontae Parker jersey. As you should. This is what he tweeted. I have absolutely nothing to base this on whatsoever. That's a great way to start it since you are a trusted football source with 1.6 million followers. I have a weird feeling that Andrew Luck could be the week one 2020 starting quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
why do you need to tweet that? This it's just it's just so frustrating. And you said the best thing. You you mentioned the one of the most important things about it. And that is the marketing side of things. Uh, actually, I lost my train of thought. It's the marketing side of things. We're not people who listen to our podcast. No, I don't, we never wanted to be that. We wanted to have an organic blowing up, an organic following. And it just... And we still have a, I feel like we still... I'm sure people may like, oh, let's listen to this. And they're going to be like, do I really want to listen to these two explain their hearts for 41 minutes? Stuff? And if you don't want to... Fuck it. Who cares? I don't care. Not me. Couldn't care less. But we're going to, I think just moving forward, we're going to use this as, you know what? We're still want to talk. We're going to put out content. I don't even want to use the word content. We're just going to be talking about whatever the fuck we want. And I'm serious. You want to ask me about, fo- people ask me about, fan- I haven't talked to a guy in a while. And we talked. And he's like, oh, how's your fan football team doing? I'm like, I don't care. Like I th- I'm in the playoffs. I missed the playoffs, and I made the playoffs in six of eight leagues, and I don't care. And if I get a little payday, sweet. Trust me. I'll, trust me. I need the money. I would love it, but I'm just, I'm just not gonna care about it. I'm not gonna care about NFL football, college football. People always ask me about the FSU situation, which we'll get, which I know you're gonna want to get to. We're actually, we're, yeah, you have work at two, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get yeah we'll get them by then hopefully. Um, I just hey, what are your thoughts on the FSU coaching hire? Why the fuck does it matter? How why 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 are people letting these things affect you? That's what it comes down to me. And I say that as a Liverpool fan. If Liverpool lost, I, I'll be upset for a couple days. I'll be upset for a couple minutes, couple hours. But you know what? I have a great breeze coming through coming through my window right now. My legs, my legs feel nice and warm, nice and cool. Just go outside. Go find your, do your vice. Go drink with your homies. Go take your girl out to the beach or your guy, whatever. If you, you know, we're gender inclusive, all this stuff. We're progressive over here. Just anything. Go smoke a doob. Do whatever you want to do to make your life happy. But just know there's more than sports. There's more than expressing these thoughts across social media. And I'm not even saying, I know my cousin John, shout out John Edward, my homie, day one homie. I know you're, I know you're thinking this is about you. It's not. It's not because I met, because there's a text I sent you because he was going crazy about the Florida, Florida State game. And I'm like, I even texted him. I said, dude, um, I said, dude, do whatever you want. Because it's funny to me now. Because I'm not someone who's like, oh, I want to, it's funny. And we did everything in Kings because, the score is very misleading in that game. Florida State actually, in that first half, only watched the first quarter, first half. There were some chances. We're not going to get into that. But I just don't care. I don't. And it's tough for me to come full circle as someone who's always been sports obsessed. I'm just not because you hit it on the nail. It's about impacting the youth. And I know that people say that all the time. It really is. I took lesser jobs. I could have had a government job making 50K last year. I could have went to work at Target. Not the best thing, but I worked at Target making 14 bucks an hour, making money to live off of. And I waited. And guess what? I didn't do that. I went and made nine bucks an hour at the Y as an after school counselor slash basketball coach. And guess what? Fucking best decision ever. The summer, I made, I mean, I made good money. I made a couple, made, made some good, nice money this summer as a golf instructor golf coach guess what love that shit i'll do it again 
And that's what it is to me. My yoga thing, I want to incorporate yoga into youth sports to help them with breathing and flexibility and preach those practices because I didn't do that. And I... Not flexible. Never, never was flexible. I never took that serious. Never took the breathing in that aspect of the mental side of it serious. These are all things that need to be instilled into the youth because, like you said, your football coach is one of your best people. One of my football coaches is one of my top three role models in my life, and that's an impact you can have because there's more to life than sports. And you were talking about, you know, losing. Like, don't take the losing. You teach these kids that, and that will translate across their whole entire life. And that's an impact that me writing an article where a million people read and I make a couple grand off that or whatever, that's that's nothing. That's living inside of a screen. That's living through social media. And that's, and that's not something I want. I want to be a healthy, happy human. I want to get a dog. I want to take my dog in the fucking mountains and go away for a couple weeks and then come back and not care. It's just all of those things, and that pretty much is why this decision's been made for me. Last thing I want to throw at this, um, I was watching this, um, I think it was Nick Saban talking about it, um, old, uh, like, halftime, or old pregame speech, and he was talking about how I think he was an assistant at Michigan State, and they were playing Michigan or whatnot, and we're underdogs. He said, you know, there are a lot of things that can line up in your way. And this is kind of something that I kind of view, not even for us, but just kind of as life, you know. He goes, if you're the number one team in the country and you're playing some scrub and, you know, we got massive underdogs, like if Ohio State's playing uh, UAB or um, just one of those. Timbuktu, yeah. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. And they were talking about you have a chance right now as the underdog to have a great victory because you know there are going to be a lot of adversities in your way. And you know there are going to be a lot of obstacles that you're going to have to overcome to beat a great team that you are on the other side, that's on the other side of you. But at the end of the day, it's 11 on 11 and it's football. What they write in the newspapers doesn't matter. What they say before the game doesn't matter. What people are saying about who's going to win and how this team's better doesn't matter. Because, yeah, that's a, it's a good team across the, other, across the field. You know, we've watched the film. We've, we've done our studies. We've prepared. We know what we're going up against. But we have an opportunity for a great victory because of all the things we're going to have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Look at Appalachian State versus Michigan in, what, 2007? or so about 10 12 years ago yeah. Appalachian State blocked a field goal I think it was 08 Appalachian State blocked a field goal in Michigan and took it to the house to win the game when Michigan was lined up for the game winning field goal and Appalachian State was a division 2 school and they had an opportunity for a great victory because of that but again it just came down to it's just football so when you have the opportunity to impact people and impact youth and mold them into what society, in my opinion, isn't really now these days, which is like a coddle, like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, like, don't worry about it, it's okay, I'll take care of it. And there's even been, like, a teacher issue where back in the day, at least especially with my parents, if for whatever reason I was not doing well in a class, my 
parents would, you know, try to would help facilitate with my teacher about what's going on. And a lot of the times it would be, Noah, you need to do this. Noah, you need to do this. You're not doing this. Your teacher's asking this of you and you're not doing this. You're we're, You need to do your homework and you're not doing it. You're not participating in class. You're not doing it. And now it's kind of started to transform into the parent taking the kid's side and then yelling at the teacher like, why isn't my kid getting an A? Because they're not worried about the process. They're no longer worried about putting in the work to get to where you want to be. They're worried about my kid needs an A so that they can go to college mm -hmm. type of thing. Or my kid needs an A because it's my kid. They deserve an A. What is what are you, What have you done as a parent and what have you done as – what has your kid done as a student to deserve that A? You know, and, and mm -hmm. it just comes down to putting in the work and doing what you want to do and being great at whatever you want to do. And – that's, you know, me and Michael have always said, even when we were back in the day when we were the fern, which is kind of funny because we were just a fern that was growing, trying to figure out what we were. And now we're no ordinary pod. And Still got stickers, baby. <laughs> I do too. I got all of them. On my, I got a lot of them on my desk. And it's because we've decided to mold it into what we've wanted to mold it into. And we have been... Our end goal has kind of always been the same, but the process has had to be tweaked, which is fine. But it's about us doing something that makes us happy and talking about things that we enjoy talking about. And if it's something that people don't want to listen to, that's fine. Because it all started as me and Michael have had great sports conversations. Let's just record it and if someone wants to listen, they can listen. Mm -hmm. And that... that that's pretty much where we're at and I'm, I'm excited and it's been a lot less stressful for something that we put in a lot of work in and now and it was the enjoyment was starting to get taken away from it because it was like didn't really watch these games but let's talk about them or watch these games didn't really have anything to say but let's talk about it or let's preview these games and whatnot and it was fun to do that but at some point it was monotonous the same thing over and over again and for what for a couple views cup for a couple hunt for a hundred listens or whatever and hope and hopes to make that step and it's just you know it's it's just not we're you know it's 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 like the common thing to say is more than an athlete like that's lebron's phrase whatever there's more to life than sports there's more to life than it and that's something that me having to admit and tell myself is a big that's that's a big step for me. Like I'm treating this as some sort of therapy saying all this because it's true. It's the fact that you know, not there is more than sports. And but how can you form your love of sports into a positive impact for the community? And that's where the I mean, I'm obsessed with people's god complexes. I'm not going to have that on here. Maybe at some point we'll just have a god complex conversation about whoever wants to come on and I mean, if you're if anyone's going to want to talk about, it, we can talk about, it. we can talk politics, whatever. It doesn't matter. But how can that's the something that I I'm someone who went to church, raised raised Catholic, went to church every single Sunday, went to Catholic school from third grade till senior high school. From third to eighth grade, I went to church every single Tuesday at school, which means I was in church Tuesday and Sunday. And then at high school, you had I think one or two masses a month. On top of that, I had religion class Monday through Friday every single day. So. It's been ingrained to me, and all of these things is, everything's the same. It's, do unto others what you want to be done to you. Karma. That's, that's, 
that's what karma is. It's the same. But I don't believe in karma. Yes, you do. It's you nice to you're nice to someone. You're gonna get next to you. It's the same thing with energies. Like I'm a big energy guy. You put out positive energy. Positive energy will seek you and find you. You see, you put out negative. Negative will find you. All of these things stem from it. But the other thing is. The future is the youth, are the kids. That's what matters, not anything else. And that's something that I, it's crazy for me to say because even when I was in Canada looking for a job, it was always like, hey, let's find a, you know, let's try to find a youth job for you. We're working with kids. That's something you love. And couldn't do it. But it's just like so many things because it's just, it just makes you feel youthful. It, you're, you, get, you stay young because you're helping because you're figuring out what's going on with them. You see the world through their eyes. And a lot of these kids are misunderstood. There are a lot of them. You know, parents throw an iPad in front of them. I mean, I was throwing a TV. I was throwing an Xbox, whatever. But I still have the family time. And all these things. I'm not a practicing Catholic. I don't, I don't go to church or anything like that. But it's still those, those are ingrained into me is to just be an overall good person. And when I want someone to say, I don't care what people say about me. I Trust me. I live in Tampa. Oh, that's what I want. And one thing I, I'll close with that. I got to remember that in my head. Let me put it in the head. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, it's not in short term anymore. So, I have not forgot the other thing. Damn it, I hate that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, you just got like, just just being a positive person. In the, oh, the what, what I want people to think about me. I don't want people, the first thing they think about me is, is oh, sports. Used to be obsessed with old Kanye. Shout out old Kanye, not new Kanye, old Kanye. And all these things. I want it to be positive person, a good, just just a good person, a good human being. That's what the first thing I want people to say about me is. But they say, but mostly it's sports. I call someone, hey, what should I do with fantasy? Hey, you know what's the the Bucks, the Florida State, all this stuff. Stop. Let's have real conversations to further our society forward. And it's not me hating on these sports. It's really not because I'll sit on my ass and watch. There's U- Oregon plays Utah tonight. If I'm not at the beach meditating or doing some shit, I'm probably just gonna have it on. But it's not gonna make. It's not gonna be anything like that. And nah, I, I lost it. Give me like five seconds, and if I can't think of it, then we'll move on, and I'll come back to it. Five. Hmm. All right, it will come back to me. It'll come back to me. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, as far as that, as far as a topic to discuss, I don't really have anything because this was my thing. But I know you. You have some college football thoughts you want to get off your chest. As long yes. as they are centered around your boy calling the Ohio State Buckeyes winning the national championship before the season started, which I'm very happy that I did. So wish I bet on it. But floor is yours, my homie. Okay. So just to lay out the landscape of where we're at. We got Ohio State number one, LSU number two, Clemson defending national champions number three, and Georgia Bulldogs at four. First two out right now are Utah at five, Oklahoma at six. Is Baylor seven? I assume they're seven. Yeah, they're seven. Okay. Conference Championship Weekend. We have Selection Sunday is when we will know who is playing where and who's going where. LSU plays Georgia 4 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. Winner of that game gets in. If Georgia wins, do you think LSU gets in? 
It's going to be I probably. Mm. That's the worst case scenario. That'd be boring. Clemson's going to beat Virginia. They're going to dominate them. ACC is about as weak as it's been in the past five or six years. It's a very lot of new coaches and a lot of like one of the best teams in, in the conference, in my opinion, is a second year UNC team with Mac Brown leading the way with a true freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. UNC is going to be good in a couple years, yeah. like really good in a couple years. Former FSU commit. Uh, yeah, until the last minute too. Good for him. Absolutely. Especially in that Tar Heel blue. Mm. Mm, God, I love I love that Carolina but here, blue. But here's where we're at. We talked about on the pod earlier in August college football you know it's my thing and i've really rekindled my college football love despite my huskers being five and seven this year and really not taking opportunities when they showed up i digress Uh. utah (laughs) plays oregon tonight and the worst possible scenario happened was when utah was playing at arizona and oregon was playing at arizona state the same weekend on the same night and arizona state upset oregon at home because that made Oregon no longer in contention for the playoff. And people keep sleeping on Utah. People goes, no one wants Utah to be in the playoff. No one wants Utah to be in the playoff. But here's my issue. If it was USC, if it was Washington, if it was Oregon, if it was UCLA, would anyone be, if it was Stanford, would anyone be saying this? I never thought about it like that. Would anyone be saying it? But because it's Utah, who used to be in the Mountain West, like was in the Mountain West when Urban Meyer was there, when Alex Smith was there, they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They've lost one game, and that was to USC week four on the road. One who has eight wins, by the way. Yeah, and Clay Helton has saved his job. I know, that's so upsetting. I know, but it is what it is. Urban's going to be in Dallas. As a cowboy. Cowboys coach, that. that would be sweet. <laughs> that would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know why everyone can. And they go, they don't have, they haven't beaten anyone. They've beaten the shit out of people. That's what they've done. Like they played UCLA at home a couple weeks ago. UCLA first drive scored a field goal. UCLA didn't score the rest of the game. And they go, well, they don't have the numbers. It's yeah, yeah. Utah is pummeling people with their awesome defense and then being able to run play act, they run a lot of play action. They run the ball a lot with future uh, Kansas city. Great running back Zach Moss putting it now. What? Zach Moss running back for Utah will be a Kansas city chief. Oh, they got Darwin Thompson. Cause though. he can catch. I know, but he can catch out. I know mm-hmm. they'll have a Utah and a Utah state back. That's all they need. Where's Utah State in Utah? Just north. It's just north of Salt Lake and Logan. Seems like a big town. Yeah. <laughs> we went to that. We we went to the Applebee's there one time. Me, my mom, my dad, and our gymnastics coach. And my mom tried to order a margarita, and because they didn't have Corona Ritas and a Corona, and they said they could only give her one of the two because Utah State laws, I guess restrict how many drinks you can have in front of you yeah, yeah but then yeah. the funny but then the funny thing is is when they were bringing the drinks out they were like oh here's the beer for and my dad goes oh and i was 17 maybe 18 at the time my dad goes oh it's for him and they handed me the beer <laughs> so i mean like it, it's it's 
Um, Utah. Utah will beat Oregon tonight, and will. And then Oklahoma plays Baylor tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, twelve o'clock Eastern. It's going to be very interesting because Baylor blew a twenty-eight to three lead against Oklahoma mm-hmm. at home, a la Super Bowl Falcons. Yeah. Patriots when when the Falcons blew the twenty eight to three lead. That was such a good game. Great game, mm-hmm. one of the best Super Bowls we've had in a long time. People hated watching it because it was the Patriots, but I mean, like, come on. Yeah. And that's another thing. I'm tired of hating on teams just because they're good. Mm, oh, dude, I did that last year, and it's made my life so much better. I hate I, I hate Alabama. Why? <laughs> you don't like watching good football? Yeah, it's like okay, you may hate that the same team is doing well but why do we have to knock down someone off a peg when we can just try to raise other people's games and that is what utah is doing mm-hmm. so if lsu beats this is what i'm hoping for and i think utah can win the or can i don't know about win the national championship but can make the national championship under these circumstances ohio state wins close to wisconsin which i don't think it's going to happen. I think Ohio State's going to blow the shit out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State wins a close one somehow against Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship, tomorrow night, Saturday, 8 o'clock Eastern. LSU destroys Georgia 4 o'clock Eastern Saturday in the SEC Championship game, and LSU vaults over Ohio State to take the one seed. Mm. Then mm. two and three would then be Ohio State-Clemson, and they would both be playing in the Fiesta Bowl again. And then Utah would be traveling to Atlanta to play LSU in their in the Met- in the Mercedes-Benz beautiful stadium. Yes. But here's the thing. Utah can beat LSU. <laughs> oh. Handedly. Utah can beat LSU handedly. Utah has a run game. Utah has a play action game. And Utah does not turn over the football. Utah has good special teams. And Utah has DBs that can contain LSU receivers and has a big enough pass rush to get to Joey Burrows. And Utah... I like it. And LSU cannot play defense. Everyone talks about SEC defense. Absolute this year. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. It is something that ESPN has tried to brand... And the media has tried to brand is that oh SEC defense, SEC defense, SEC speed. It's that's not how it works anymore. It's not how it works anymore. Because California, and this is why California, a gold mine of players, gold mine of players. But the two top dogs in California have been down. Or the three, four, all California teams suck right now. Mm-hmm. Cal, USC, UCLA, and Stanford. All garbage in comparison to where they should be. Who has capitalized off of that? Utah. Mm-hmm. Because they've been able to recruit there. And do you know where they've been recruiting? Mainly in California. And where does Utah get the rest of their star-studded players? Hawaii. South Florida. They get all the South Florida kids that get overlooked. 
that mm. kind of gets slept on. And South Florida is, in my opinion, is is the new Texas when it comes to football. Yeah. I think the best athletes come out of South Florida. Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, just to name the top, you know, top two. Mm-hmm. But their quarterback and their running back and their receiver, all from South Florida, all in the same recruiting class. Because they're getting players that are getting slept on, but they're like, I have a chance to go make a big impact at a place like Utah, which is an up-and-coming school with great academics and can make an impact and can be the guy. Zach Moss is the leading rusher ever at Utah. He is so good. He does not go down ever the first time he's tackled, the first time he's hit. Mm-hmm. So I think Utah can beat... I think Utah can beat LSU. Can Utah beat Ohio State? I don't think there's... I think the only team in the country that has a chance to beat Ohio State is Clemson. It'd be good, it's going to be good games. I, I don't want Oklahoma in. Although I love no, Jalen Hurts. Oklahoma? But... Everyone's just like, oh yeah, Utah will get blown out. Oklahoma will get blown out. Will yeah. get absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it won't... And it's like, I'd rather see Jalen Hurts... Revenge game against Alabama in a yeah. in a Sugar Bowl. Um, you know, I, that mm-hmm. would be fun. That would be great TV. And it would make a New Year's Six Bowl meaningful for both sides. Yes. And we would see Joey Burrows against Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley against Nick Saban in a good bowl game. Mm-hmm. So that's... I got Ohio State winning... Clemson's going to dominate. Um, I'm really rooting for an LSU win. Because if LSU loses a close one, I think it's BS that the com- that the committee has put Georgia at four because I do not think they're better than Utah. I do think they're better than Oklahoma, but I don't think they're better than Baylor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Baylor's lost one game and it was to Oklahoma. Okay, they blew they blew a lead. But like it was still a close game. Yeah. So, if LSU loses a close one to Georgia, I think it'll be Ohio State 1, Clemson 2, Georgia 3, LSU 4. Wait, those are your contenders? No, that would be the top four. If LSU loses to Georgia close, then it would be... Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, LSU. Mm-hmm. LSU would drop all the way to four. And then LSU plays Ohio State, which I would love. But I want that and for then the Natty. We, and that would be a great national championship, assuming LSU doesn't play Utah because LSU will lose. <laughs> if there's somehow some way, I wish there was somehow some way that Utah could get the three seed so that they could play in the Fiesta Bowl and essentially have a home game. Yeah, I just want Utah in. I do not want Oklahoma in. I want Utah in. They have great... Those uniforms they wore last week, the gray... Oh, phenomenal. Gray helmet, red and gray. With the UU on the helmet. Ooh, oh, beautiful. Man, that's so, so gorgeous. So College football-wise, tonight's game, me and, me and the girlfriend, we're cooking up some pigs in a blanket, oh, making some salsa. you're talking my language. I know that people think I'm vegan, but... Uh! God, Making that's the best salsa, food in the world. Having some uh, some egg, some alcoholic eggnog, mm. and we're gonna have a good time watching the game tonight. 
Damn, I'm very excited. I may get very excited. I told her we don't have to watch football all weekend, but I really want to watch this Utah game. It's the only game I want to watch. And she said, okay. I go, all right, let's make some food. Let's have a good time. We can drink your eggnog like you want to. And we'll, you know, celebrate, cry, laugh, watch good football. That's all I want. And she's so excited, and so am I. So. Hey, hey, just a quick thing. For all you, I mean, I can take a little note, too. For all you guys out there who, you know, they have to, the girls have to do what you want to do on Sundays and Saturdays, and they may enjoy watching football. See what Noah just did? He incorporated cooking and alcohol. That's all you need. Those are activities you're doing together. So, yeah, you may be watching football, but you're also in the kitchen rolling up the little croissants with little wieners in there. You're making drinks. You're doing your doing stuff. Just take notes, gentlemen, and, and females too. Come together. It's about compromising and communication, which is what your relationship, you just said right there. So, kudos to you. Thank you, thank you. Continue. And kudos to her for, you know, you know, because we're doing an activity I want to do, but she is also like, okay, and I'm like, I'm the one that's being like, we can make some food, have a little nice, almost a little mini home date type of thing while watching some football that I didn't want to miss. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a win win. So Utah, I have them winning big, big. I hope because they're playing in Santa Clara, California. It's supposed to be sixty degrees at kickoff. Rainy and windy. Uh, yeah. Justin Herbert's going to throw some picks. Zach Moss is going to run over some fools. The rest is going to be history. And everyone's going to be like, wow, Utah kicked the shit out of Oregon. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we called earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure. Now, I want to address this. Do you have any college football things to talk about uh, or playoff-wise? Let me think. Because... I'm ready to talk about the lane train. Is Santa Claus? Then I'm a Santa Claus. Sorry, I'm listening to Sacrifice right now. The song. Uh, no, I'm good, bro. I don't have anything to talk. I mean, no sports things to talk about. I cut off my basketball rant. Shout out Lake Show, baby. We back. Talk all the shit we want now. Nineteen three, we coming. Um, I did call that by the way too. Uh, God, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for tonight's lakers game because they play the blazers oh what time pretty sure it's 10 30 guess who has to guard Perfect. guess who has to guard anthony davis tonight carmelo anthony <laughs> oh lord i know it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be so much fun it's actually a good nba slate tonight i was thought about going to the beach i'll do that on saturday after i golf tonight i may maybe get some party require party advances if you know what i mean noah um but yeah uh Go go to the lane train. Okay. Go to it. I have, you know, as people have asked you what I think we should do or what, you know, what's the FSU coaching situation like? Shitty. I have said from the, yeah, shitty. I've said from the moment that he got fired, I said, Lane Kiffin, savior of FSU football, bring me the lane train. Bring me the lane train. And everyone I've said that to, has laughed in my face has laughed and i want to go on record now that whichever school hires lane kiffin maybe it's this offseason maybe it's next offseason is going to get an urban meyer 
quality of coach. Mm. Sacrifices. Yes, he may kind of bring a circus to, to town, but there is no one in the country that has the experience, even with failure, that Lane Kiffin does. At 32 years old, he was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, coming off a team that had just been to the Super Bowl. He was there for like a year and a half, two years, and largely disagreed with Al Davis's idea and decision to draft Jamarcus Russell at number one overall. And for those of you that don't know who he is exactly, and for those of you that know who he is exactly, became a fat ass in the NFL and didn't make the most of his talent and his arm power. Lane Kiffin then gets fired, goes and becomes the head coach of Tennessee. A big SEC power, historic SEC power. And is there for about 18 months before Pete Carroll gets shuffled out of USC for all those allegations and becomes the head coach at USC or at in Seattle in the NFL. And then Pete or Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator before at USC before he got the Oakland Raiders job. So then they go knocking, calling Lane Kiffin, going, hey, USC job's open, and this is a dream job for Lane Kiffin. So he does what Willie Taggart just did with Oregon and spurned Tennessee and went to USC and bombed at his dream job. But here's the thing that people tend to forget. Lane Kiffin was dealing with all those sanctions that Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll and USC administration put on. All those scholarship restrictions, the bowl game restrictions. Recruiting was tough. Yeah, you might be getting some guys, but you are asking walk-ons to fill out the rest of the depth of your roster. That's It's never going to work that way. It's never going to work that way, especially at USC, which is an expensive school. So he gets fired kind of prematurely, and he's sitting there thinking no one's going to call. And who calls him? Meester Neek Saban. Mm. And goes, hey, come be my offensive coordinator. And him and Nick Saban, you know, two alpha dogs, go back and forth on the sideline a couple times for offensive play calling. But do you remember who the quarterback was for the Crimson Tide? Uh, Former FSU. Jake Coker, baby. The GOAT. He beat Jameis in that QB competition. I'll say it live on air right fucking now. He fucking did. I was there every single practice. Marvin Gaye just came on. I'm feeling inspired right now. Woo! So, I may just be singing he, in, the, in the way back around the whole time. You just keep flowing. 10-4. 10-4. And he leads Alabama in that great offense. That's the best Alabama offense we've seen ever, in my opinion. OG Howard wheel routes, baby. Exactly. All day long. All day long. And now, he left and Alabama struggled against Clemson. And... It was just not something that worked out. So he left after three seasons before the college football playoff, Lane Kiffin did, because he took the FAU head coaching job. It's not a high-paying job. He makes $950,000 a year. There are some coaches making six, seven, eight million million, $8 million a year. I say not high-paying in regards to what other head coaches make. 
First year, he goes 11-2. and two. Or or twelve and two, something something of that nature wins the title, wins the conference title, wins the bowl game. Second year, lost a lot of seniors, had a downer year. I want think want to say they went seven and six. This year, I think they're ten and two, or nine and three, and in a position to win their conference title this weekend. Hosting a game too. Oh, well, that's a dub. <laughs> and Lane Kiffin. On Twitter is the best. Oh, yeah. He has no problem calling people out for their BS. Has no problem poking the poking uh, the bear at Alabama and Tennessee fans. Because they all still, you know, dislike him. And he, people want to play for him. People go... It's He gets all the recruits from South Florida that have been overlooked. And he goes, hey, come play at FAU. We live in Boca. It's pretty sweet here. You're on scholarship. Weather's nice. We got good football. We got nice young coaches. They got some nice Let's, young other things too down there in Boca. It, they got good things going <laughs> on in Boca. Good food. Good beaches. Uh, good, good beaches. Good exactly. Good beaches. There you, you go. You know, so there. It's a good setup he has there. But who did Willie Taggart this past offseason hire as their offensive coordinator? Browse. Kendall Bryles, no, former offensive coordinator under Lane Kiffin. And FSU does not want to part ways with Kendall Bryles. Increasing. So now, this is where I'm at. You just had to shell out a lot of money to pay out Taggart's buyout, which is weird. I don't know what's going on with that whole contract thing, but he's going to get his money somehow, some way. But it's still a lot of money. You bring on Lane Kiffin. You keep Bryles as offensive coordinator, which I would assume he would be okay doing. I don't know why he wouldn't. You hire someone and you do what Coach O did at LSU. You pay less for a head coach. Less for a head coach. Pay up for an offensive coordinator. Pay up for a defensive coordinator. And you just let Lane Kiffin run what he does. Bro, you know what FSU? I don't, is, mean, I don't mean to say that real quick. You know what FSU needs more than anything? Huh? A fucking strength and coaching staff, dude. We're oh my god, un- they're the worst. They are literally the worst. Their strength and conditioning staff is a joke. That's all I wanted to say. Oh my goodness, there was maybe two or three players that were different from last year. That I'm like, okay, y'all beefed up. It's an it's a nightmare. Mm. But. I mean, and it doesn't look like it's going to be Lane Kiffin, but whoever gets Lane Kiffin is going to be living the good life. And people go, oh, he's a he's a circus. Like, my dad even laughed at me when I said Lane Kiffin. And all of, all of his FSU friends in Jacksonville were like, hey, Lane Kiffin? We don't want Lane Kiffin. I go, why not? You have a guy that knows South Florida recruiting, arguably the most important recruiting hotspot for FSU. Because you get players away from Florida, you get players away from Miami two big rivals, and you get them into your school instead. He's a fun young coach that understands how to win and has been in the big places before and is not driven by money. He's because He wants to win championships. Money cannot satisfy the soul for a coach. And if, they, if it is, they're not true. to. They don't love the sport. It's winning that's going to get. Like Nick Saban, yeah, he makes a lot of money, 
but he's driven by winning. You know where he's the favorite to go be the coach at? Arkansas. Arkansas, baby. Which is a dumpster fire of a program. Oh, dude, I, I, he should not go there. If No. You, if you, Even if you pay me $7 million per year extra, listen, I am not leaving Boca for Fayetteville. Exactly. Now, is it Fayetteville? Or is it Little Rock? Is Fayetteville in Arkansas, too? Yeah, there is one. I'm thinking of Fayetteville. I love Fayetteville, North Carolina because of J. Cole. Fayetteville. Um, but, yeah, man. I mean, I texted you the source about about sources, source, sources about Florida State's new coach coming in, who it is. We're not going to name it on here because we just don't give a fuck about it. But, I mean, and my mom's like, mom's a big FSU fan. Ever since I went there, she's like, you know, thank you. She always sent me those nice sentimental texts. Thank you so much for making me care about this program. I'm like, thank you. Oh, no, she still sees the tickets, goes to every home game, all that stuff. And uh, the have-nots. God, Marvin Gaye's so amazing. Um, uh... And she was like, so what are your thoughts about that? And my first thing was, well, he'll get the support of the boosters because he's white. <laughs> and I didn't. She's like, what's your thoughts beside that? I'm like, I don't really have thoughts, Mom. It's, it's going to be the same system. Well, there's your little thing. He's white. But, I mean, I don't think we have anyone considered besides Odo Haggins. Haggins, Haggins, whatever. I'm Odo Haggins. That's such, have you seen that video of him, of the uh, Florida State Shuffle thing? No. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to send it to you right now. Um fsu 90s dance come on where is it ah odell hagan's fsu song video i I don't know the search the seminal rap yes yes dude odell's in this i'm odell hagan's and i'm here to say (laughs) he's plays all the time um yes i want to copy it but um it's five minutes, but I'll just do it afterwards. Uh, I just sent it to you, pretty sure. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you, we've been driving the Lane train forever over here. We love Lane Kiffin. It'd just be fun. He doesn't give it, He wouldn't take shit from the media. He wouldn't ask for much, honestly, because he's, he's been a Boca, so he's not expecting a lot. He just wants to be at a top-notch program. And it would be dope if he went to Florida State. I think it would be f- funny. I, like you said, he'd keep Riles. Odell would still be there. He'd bring in his own um, – I feel like they just want someone who's not going to replace the assistants. He's just going to come in and just be the new coach. And I don't think that's going to happen. Lane, I feel like Lane, which is funny because other coaches would want to bring in their own people, but I guarantee you Lane would be like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to just do shit my way anyway. So, um, but, yeah, it's an interesting. It's interesting. I'm just ready for this to end because everyone's been saying Bob Soups. Bob Soups ain't coming. Dude, Bob Stoops. I people were telling me that Bob Stoops was supposed to get announced after the last home game on Saturday, and I was like, I told some people that that's what the rumor had it, and then it didn't happen. And I was like, dude, Bob Stoops is never coming. Why would he leave his gig to come to FSU? And the yeah. thing is, here's my thing on Bob Stoops. You are hiring a name. What did Bob Stoops accomplish at Oklahoma? One natty. And who was on his team? Everyone. Sam Bradford, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. And he won with. Sam, remember, remember the quarterback he won with. Oh, I'm gonna test you now, bro. You know who they beat though, right? They beat Florida. Florida State. Hmm. No, I don't remember. I th- I could be wrong. I don't think I'm. I think it's Josh Heupel. I'm pretty sure. I don't. But I think Josh Heupel was when they lost. This is different year. Okay, what? It must have been nineteen the two thousand then. 
Now I'm confused. Yes, Oklahoma. Okay, it was 2000. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find the BCS title game. Of course, Washington Pac-12 was not allowed in it. There's controversy with everything. Uh, that could be so simple. Call over here. I'm just listening to music right now. Josh Heupel. Yes, it was him. Josh Heupel, who's now the head coach at UCF. So, this is a little side tangent. He's from South Dakota, too. Um, the thing is, Lane, Lane's young as well. Oh, yeah. He, he's 44. Whoever hires him and, like, lets him do his thing for three or four years is going to have a long-term coach. That's what I'm saying. You're going to have the next Urban Meyer type of quality of coach. And Besides Arkansas. Who's his dad? Monty, and who's his dad? Monty Kiffin. Former Buck defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Former Husker defensive coordinator. Like, he comes from a coaching... He's been a coach's son, and that's what I want. You know his dad still coaches there, right? At FAU. His dad is on the staff? He's a defensive assistant. Dude, and if you could get Monty Kiffin to come be an assistant at FSU... Oh my god. That's all. Oh, also, before I forget, the next the next great um wish um, she He's going to be like the Mark Andrew. You know how tight ends are really low right now in the NFL. I don't know if you know, but tight ends really are like not awesome right now mm-hmm. in the NFL cuz they're all receivers instead of blocking and receivers, which is why everyone just goes to Iowa and gets those tight ends. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant, the FAU tight end right now, mm-hmm. is will be that guy in the draft this upcoming year. 6'5", 240, has a frame to put on some more poundage, runs well, catches the ball well. And he's doing exactly, like, I think tight ends are some of the most special athletes on the football field because of the what they can do and the different tasks that they're asked to do. And Lane Kiffin knows how to use them better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Because a quarterback's best friend is an awesome tight end. I'm right there with you, homie. So that's pretty much all I got in terms of college football. Um, I still love my Huskers, going to continue to love my Huskers, never going to give up on my Huskers. It will happen at some point. Scotty Frost will get it under control. I can't believe I forgot what I was going to say before, man. I know. It's uh, it's understandable, though. God, I, I even wrote some stuff down in like the in like a Google tab. I forgot. Damn, it's all good. Am I asking for too much? Um, God, I just love music so much. Um... Shit, let me think real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's it for me. I mean, this is as personal as it gets. This is. Oh, got it. This is this is a personal thing. If you, I'm gonna be recording and stuff, which is different, but writing and being the social media presence requires someone to not only break out of their show, which I'm fine doing. It requires somebody to become a public figure. And. I have all these people. I don't want that. 
I want to be as low key as possible. I always have been. I just want to just keep my life going. I don't want to be someone. I want to be known in the community I'm in. I want to be a positive pillar in my community. But I don't want to be. It's just. It's just not for me, man. And and this is just. I don't mean to do this full circle. It's just like it's just. It is what it is. And there's some there's some thoughts of like oh maybe if I had this thought process two or three years ago some other things would be different in my life relationship wise all that stuff. Everything happens for a reason. Peter, you just keep your head up, stay positive, and you keep going like that. And that's what we're going to do. And I feel like we went on an hour and a half. We went half and half in terms of us explaining our thoughts, explaining what we want to do. Let me just talk college football for 45 minutes. Like I said, there will be college football talk. There will be NFL talk. Maybe some NBA talk. It's just not going to be the thing where it's like, oh, let's talk about this. Like, I could, I could email Noah Tuesday. I know it's finals week. I'd be like, yo, after finals – Let's just come in and talk about our Spotify wrapped. <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about music. Let's talk about shit. Like, that's what we want to do. I want to talk about other stuff. Oh, there's other stuff that, that interests us. Like, he's, you're big into science. I hear you mentioned the Punic Wars. If you want to have a history discussion, fuck. Talking to the right guy here. I'm watching World War II in color. It's beautiful. It's awesome. My biggest, well, the thing is for me, like, my biggest thing is people, they, they, they say all the time, history repeats itself. And I think some, one of the best perspectives that you can have is being able to be in the moment and identify when history is going to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Because that's at the point in time where you have the opportunity to try to mold it so it can be different or work out better. And that's the whole preparation meets opportunity thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it kind of at my lifeguarding job right now where I'm seeing history is about to repeat itself because everything's cyclical. Everything is cyclical. And the body is cyclical, history is cyclical, human interactions is cyclical, people's emotions and feelings are cyclical, the way we orbit around the sun is cyclical. Everything is in a cycle. It's just about being able to identify how it cycles. And once you can even get an idea, it may be wrong, but once you can get an idea of what it is that even cycles, the way Catan works is a cycle. It's It's all a cycle. Psychologically... Physically, mentally, emotionally, things out of our control, it's all a cycle. And it's being able to understand when the cycle is in your favor and when you need to prepare. Or, yeah, prepare for when the cycle is not in your favor. Yeah, that's beautiful to say. And here's the other thing about that is that, you know, people think I'm I'm out there because I like to talk about how, not the astrology of things, but just like, you know, everything in cycles. Well... History repeats itself. It happens around the same time of the year. Everyone, I mean, it's just, it's just like, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, go, I'm not gonna go down the astrology route right now. But it's just like those are things that matter and stuff like that. It, it's the sun, the way this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna go to it. But you said it, you said it perfectly. Yeah, but history's awesome. It's, it's something that is you can learn and you will see the impact of it today. It's why we're not getting the politics right now. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a great way to end it. Uh, you have any? You have any final thing you want to say to the people or anything? I don't even know where. Do we still have it on? Are, do you still have the Spotify thing or no? I haven't canceled anything, so yeah. I mean, I mean, fuck, we can go back to being SoundCloud potters. I don't or YouTube potters. It's all good. Um, that's cool with me. So we'll tweet out the links. Do you have anything else final to say to people or anything? If you've made it this far, yes, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, we appreciate you, and I hope you enjoy. What No Ordinary Pod is 
going to be blooming into because that's all we have to say is we are no ordinary pod. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all I got to say, really. Yeah. It's a great way to end it. I mean, yeah, it's... If you made it this far, appreciate it. I try to I try to get just get I mean it feels good being personal more. I'm not gonna lie. It feels good talking about it and stuff I more in the public. I feel a lot more I feel a lot more free going on the air or not even on the air, but just going on the mic and talking back and forth and not worrying about saying the right thing about the right take about the right NFL mm-hmm. team and getting the right players and the right names. I'm just saying my thoughts, saying why Utah's gonna win. Saying why Lane Kiffin's awesome. Saying why I want to coach youth sports. Why I want to volunteer at a high school. Why I want to volunteer youth sports or be what Coach Spencer was to me and take a team all the way through from fourth grade through freshman, sophomore year of high school and mold those kids into being the people that they should be and being the influence that they can be because that's a bigger impact than me being right about an NFL game on a mic. Yeah, and we just come on here and talk a little shit. I just love saying this cussing. I love that I can. It's. It, it is. It's a lot more freeing just talking about legit whatever the fuck we want. And if those topics you don't like, though, if we'll list what we're going to talk about. Like one day it could be talking about. I'm looking at my desk. Like we could be talking about hand and body lotion, hemp seed. We could be talking about B12 and why it's important for vegans. Talking about. I'm not going to name that. Uh, <laughs> um, Xbox controllers, video games, all that stuff. But it's, but that's it is. We are no ordinary pod. We're still going to be doing this. Um, here's the here's the funny thing is, are we going to record next week? I don't, I don't fucking know. I know we have finals next week, right? Monday and Wednesday. Oh. Morning. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe hey, a little. Po- like maybe I like I told you, I have been taking care of school. That's yeah. another thing. We took six weeks off, and I have been dominating school. And I've been going through all this. I've been dodging Mercury and retrograde. I've been swerving on it. Sagittarius, Scorpio season, Mercury and Mercury retrograde is just very emotional. And I was just, I'm, a, I'm an empath. So I was swerving on it. And now it's Sagittarius season, which is very, very close to the heart. So I'm just trying to swerve through that, get to the Capricorn season and then in the middle of December. And once that comes, you know, I think we'll, I think we'll have stuff figured out. But Noah... This was a pleasure, man. It's great to be back. Um, it's great to be back, man. That's all I got to say about that. So right there with you, and I think I think that's gonna do it for us here at No Ordinary Pod. Like I said, thank you for making it this far. I'm Noah Hemer. This is Michael Duggar. Mm-hmm. Cheer!